Hey guys, thanks for joining us on the Access Podcast. We're here to equip and mobilize young Christians in identity and evangelism. Enjoy this episode. Hey, welcome to the Access Podcast. Today's going to be a little bit different. It's just me on the podcast today, and I want to talk to you about evangelism. So um, if you have watched any of the episodes before, we have a huge heart and passion to train and equip young people in how to share the gospel. And when we challenge young people to have a heart that cares for people who are lost, one of the essence of the gospel and the essence of the faith of Christians is that we care for people who are lost. We have compassion on those who are far from God. And our heart here is to equip you and train you in how to do that well and how to do that practically. So my first question I want to ask really today, and you can drop it in the comments if, uh, if this relates to you, but have you ever been a part of someone's, like uh, their salvation story? Um, there's something that happens when, when we are a part of God's plan that, that draws us to live a better life. Not that, that we're earning anything, but we're actually stepping into the thing that God created us to be. So have you ever been a part of someone's salvation story? Were you uh, someone who prayed for someone who got saved? Have you been a part of, of sharing the gospel and then eventually that person got saved? Were you, were you a part of planting a seed? You know, in 1 Corinthians um, chapter 3, it says this. It says, uh, Apollos watered, uh, but I, uh, I, no, I planted, Apollos watered in but God is the one who brings the increase. So although we're not the ones who like save people, it's imperative that we be seed sowers and we be waters. And so in the comments, just drop kind of what that story was. How are you a part of God's plan in saving other people? And also, if you have, a, if you have any stories like in your own life of like, how did you come to Christ? Like, was it a praying grandma? Like, I know I got two praying grandmas. And so it was like automatic that I was going to get saved. You know, if you got one praying grandma, it's like a good chance you're going to get saved. You got two praying grandmas. That's like a done deal. So like <laughs> I had two, they're both with the Lord right now, but how did you get saved? What was the process of you coming to Jesus? Was it church? Was it bad circumstances? Was it a breakup that brought you to the foot of the cross? But we want to hear what your story was. So I think it's important that we revisit our salvation story often. When I, when I think about revisiting my, like how I came to Christ, um, I grew up in the church and, and I quote unquote loved God, but my life would not have displayed that if you'd have looked at my life. And when I look back, it draws me to this place of deep compassion for people who are like me, people who were like me, people who attended church, who looked the part, who talked the talk, but who didn't truly have a relationship with Jesus. And so the reason why I wanted to ask us even you know, to revisit that, how do we came to Christ is because it actually stirs up a compassion inside of us so that we have the compassion of God, or you could say the heart of God or the perspective of God when we deal with people in our lives, whether it's a family member that you have or a coworker, when we revisit how we used to be, it keeps us humble. Uh, so often we can get stuck in the emotions of measuring up and performance and just uh, going through the motions of church in, in our relationship with God that if we, when we, we revisit, it really helps us to keep that first love, to keep our hearts fresh for the, for the things that God cares about, which are people who are far from him. So what was your story? And I want that to spark something in us today that draws us to have compassion and passion for people who are far from God. And it's not about us. It's about us being vessels that God uses. 
So as we get going into the episode, though, I want to I want to practically give us one thing to think about, and I want you I want to ask this question: Would you use this approach when sharing the gospel with a friend? So I'm going to give you an approach that I've used before that I learned, and I want to ask you if you would use it. If if you would, and if you've never heard this approach, and you're like, yeah, I want to try that, just comment, yeah, I'm going to try this. If you're like that doesn't seem uh, authentic enough for me. I want to hear your feedback. Seriously, I do. But this this uh, this way to present the gospel would be called the narrative approach to the gospel. It's taking actually the narrative of the scriptures to present the case for Jesus, not the case, but to present the gospel of Jesus Christ, starting from Genesis, working all the way through Revelation. Now, slow down. I'm not going to like read the entire Bible in this approach to sharing the gospel, but it's kind of using checkpoints in how to share the gospel with someone. I love this approach. It works so well. I actually think we did a video on Romans Road a while back. I actually think it works better than the Romans Road approach. And I'll, t- and I'll tell you why after, after I present the approach. So the narrative approach of sharing the gospel starts in the Genesis chapter one. So we go to Genesis chapter one, so let's say, let's play this out. Like I have a neighbor right now who I'm witnessing to and, and this approach is what I use. Like was this person who is in my neighborhood, um, they don't go to church. They have some cultural understanding of the gospel, but they don't necessarily know the gospel. And so I'm using the scriptures to tell the story for me. And this is how it goes. So Genesis 1, 26 through 27 states that in the beginning, God created humanity created them in the image of God and in the image and likeness of God. So humans are unlike any other creatures. They're unlike any other piece of God's creation. We are special made in God's image. Then we fast forward to Genesis 3. Adam and Eve, who were the first humans, they're, they're in this garden and God gives them one commandment to not eat of the fruit of the, the, knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they, they listen to the serpent's voice, which is Satan, and they disobey God. This is the first act of sin in all of humanity. And in that, in that single act, they were representatives. And they, and the sin that they committed was actually transferred to all of humanity after them. And they were kicked out. So what you got to know about Adam and Eve, though, before they sinned, is that they were in the Garden of Eden. They walked with God. So how God created humanity was that we would walk with him, that we would have relationship, connection with him. He made us for himself. Humanity was made to know God. Sin is the thing that distanced us from God. And it's not, it's a single act of sin, but it's the sin that continues from generation to generation. And undealt with sin distances us from our Creator and our Father in heaven. So that in Roman in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve sin, and then the curse uh, came upon the earth and it came upon humanity. And so after that, in Genesis 3.15, it says this, that there was going to be one who was coming who would crush the head of the serpent, which was Satan, and ultimately it was sin. This is the key point right here. Genesis 3.15 points to Jesus, that the man that's prophesied in in Genesis 3.15 was pointing to someone who was going to deal or they were going to handle the problem of sin for all of humanity. It was prophesying of Jesus. And so the whole New Old Testament, from, from Genesis all the way up to Matthew, is this story of the man Jesus. And so God chose the nation of Israel in order to bring about this man, or this God-man, Jesus, into the earth in order to deal with sin and restore humanity unto himself. 
And so we go through all the Old Testament, and we point, and we get to, whoa, <laughs> I hate that. We get to this point. Are you sticking with me? I'm going to pause here, I guess. That's a, good, that's a good sign for me to pause. So let's analyze this a little bit. So we start with Genesis 1. Why is it important for us to start in Genesis 1? Because often in America, specifically in certain sections of America, we start with sin. We almost start in Genesis 3 when we're presenting the gospel that you're a sinner, you need God, which is true. But what I like about this approach is it actually starts with Genesis 1, which is that we are made in the image of God and that Adam and Eve were actually walking with God, that the purpose of our lives is that we would know God. And sin came upon us and it distances us from God and, it, and, it, and it, we're sinning against God, but the original design was for us to be with him. It's not, it's not a man-centered gospel. It's a God-centered gospel that, that God came to save us. So we were in Genesis 1. We were in Genesis 3 prophesying of this man, Jesus, who were to come. So then we fast forward and we come to John 1. We can go to John 1, but we can also skip if, if we're short on time or you want to make it simple. We can go to John 3.16 and actually want to go there right now. John 3.16. And I want to read this because it's so powerful when we're presenting the gospel. And some of you are probably thinking, you're like, Jake, oh my gosh, like <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna really go to John 3 16. That's like that's like basic. It's like, well, yeah, when you're presenting the gospel to someone who doesn't understand the gospel, don't overcomplicate it. Like the scriptures have the power of God behind them. Don't overcomplicate it with philosophies and arguments and, and wisdom from this age. Use the thing, use the very words of God that God has spoken. So this is what it says in, in John 3. Let me read it to you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only, or his one and only son, um, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. That's, that's John 3, 16 through 18. It's this God was prophesying in Genesis 3 of this man Jesus who would deal with sin, and now he is here. God sent Jesus because he loved the world, and he loved the world that, that, that we might be saved, that we might not perish but have eternal life. And the, What I love about this is that it, it, it talks about belief, and that there is a line that we have to cross. And that it's not just believing, but it is repenting. It is turning from our old ways. And it is turning to Jesus and receiving him as our Lord and our Savior. And then I want to flip as we continue in sharing the gospel, this narrative story. This man Jesus came to earth to pay the price, to live the life we couldn't live and die the death we should have died. And we go to Ephesians 2, or I'm sorry, Romans 5. And we see this. We see this in Romans 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So our salvation, the offer of salvation, has nothing to do with our ability or our achievements or our coming to God. While we were sinners, while you were stuck in your sin and rebellion, while I was stuck in my sin and rebellion, God sent Jesus to die on the cross and to resurrect from the dead. And it's not anything we could do. In fact, in Ephesians 2 says, For it is by grace we have been saved, through faith, not of works, so that no man can boast. So it is by the grace of God. 
It is by the work of God. It is by the resurrection of Jesus, and it is his power that brings salvation. And like it says in John 3, 16, it says that salvation comes to those who believe, but those who do not believe stand condemned. And this is the power of the narrative scripture is that that God came to save us and that he came to restore us to relationship unto himself. And there's coming a day, as Revelation 22 talks about, that Jesus will return and he will judge the living and the dead. And he does not judge us because he's mad, but he judges because he is a righteous judge and sin has to be dealt with. So I'm going to pause there. That's this really an, an analogy of this gospel presentation of a narrative presentation, starting in Genesis 1, Genesis 3, jumping to John 3, 16, going to Romans 5, going to Ephesians 2, and then in Revelation 22. And I want to hear what you think about it. Is it too lofty? Is it too, is it too basic? I want to hear what you think about it. But nonetheless, I found it to be very helpful for myself in sharing the gospel with real people. You know, it's one thing to have a gospel presentation that works for you. It's another thing that works for people who are far from God. And I found that this presentation works in the sense that it, that it not always gets people saved, but it, it, it confronts people at the point of their eternity. And that's why I love it. And it uses the scriptures. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us today. If you found this episode helpful or impactful at all, go ahead and like and subscribe to our channel. And go ahead and share it to someone who you think it can impact as well. See you next week.